coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Happy spring, everybody. Hope it's getting warm in your neck of the woods. If it's not, it's just around the corner. We're going to help you. <laughs> what get are you, Mother ready Nature, all of a sudden? <laughs> I think so, because I'm done with chilly weather. I was done with winter about mm, December 26th. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We got that big storm the day after Christmas. Who could forget that if you lived in the Northeast and it stayed around for about two months? But we are far, far past that. That is all in our history. There's nothing but beautiful days and lots of happy home improvers ahead. And if you're not, well, you need to pick up the phone and call us because we will help you get the job done. The number is one eight eight eight. Money Pit, 888-666-3974. Coming up this hour, if tight budgets have you putting off home maintenance altogether, well, that's probably a bad move. We're going to tell you why maintaining your home is the smartest money you could spend in a shaky economy. And also ahead this hour, warmer weather means it's time to open up those windows and finally let in that fresh air. Thank goodness. Oh, my gosh. I'm just so over it like you, Tom. But every year in this country, dozens of kids die and thousands are injured in falls from those open windows. So this hour, we're going to teach you the steps to window safety just in time for Window Safety Week. And that's coming up. And if you've just quit smoking or perhaps moved into a home or apartment that was once owned by a smoker, we're going to have some tips on how to get rid of that smoky, stale odor that seems to permeate every inch of your home. It's a tough one, but it's not impossible, and we'll tell you exactly what to do. That's right. Plus this hour, we've got a great prize that we're giving away. We've got up for grabs the Duracell MyGrid USB charger plus a Duracell charger pad to one caller who gets on the air with us. It's a pretty cool prize. It is because once you set this thing up, all you got to do is like drop your like cell phone or like your BlackBerry on, that pad. on top of the pad and it, and it charges. It's, you and know, you can you know fit as many of the items onto it as you can. Exactly. It's a prize worth $115 going to go out to one caller that reaches us with their home improvement question chosen at random at the end of today's program so why not let that be you pick up the phone and call us right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT leslie let's get to those phones who's first ann and i was working on remodeling a kitchen tell us how your project's going well we haven't started it yet but okay. i have high hopes <laughs> okay <So>. good <laughs> um i i had a question i was looking my husband and i we're remodeling to have an open floor plan between okay. the kitchen and the dining room and the living area. Um, but we're having some differing ideas on where to locate the sink. And uh, I just wondered what type of things, uh, what considerations you guys might have for us as far as my husband's thinking, put it on the counter um, against the wall looking out a window. And I'm wondering if maybe it would be better on the island overlooking the room. For the sink? I think because most of the work you do at your sink, you know, is sort of the small day-to-day stuff, it's always nice to have it near a window. Some folks like to have a second sink in an island, but that's more for like vegetable prep and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Or like a bar type of sink. The main thing that you need to keep in mind is, you know, the functionality of the kitchen itself, Anne. And generally people go by what's called a working triangle, going from the fridge to your sink to your stove, so that it sort of triangulates between the three. And it doesn't have to be like a perfect, you know, normal triangle. It can be any sort of access of the three points, but it's just made for convenience. Um, An island is great. Some people put a cooktop in the island. Some people will put a smaller sink. A lot of people also use the island as an additional eating, sort of sitting dining area. You need to think since you're in that open plan, The other thing is in the open plan, your sink, 
tends to get kind of messy. You're going to have dishes building up there. If you're like me, your husband never puts the dishes in the dishwasher. So you're going to be dealing with things sort of just building up and sitting around in that area, even if it's just for a minute, which could be kind of distracting should it be in the center of the space. So it might be better to have it off on the counter, but think about how you're going to, you know, traffic between the three areas and put it really where it's going to best work for you guys. Okay, okay. With an island, sometimes people will, and I've done this for clients before, um, sort of build a two-level island. And I'm not talking about like crazy height difference, but maybe like a six to an eight-inch step up. So you'll have your work surface at the lower height where you could have a sink. And then on that little step up will be your overhang for your stools or your counter service area. So that this way, if you're looking at it from the open plan area, it does hide that mess a little bit. So if it's really something that you just have to have on the island, that helps. How would that be even if we didn't have a sink there? Would it be the uneven island? Would that be a good idea even if we didn't have a sink or... It definitely helps only because then you have an area to be a little bit messy and not be on showcase the mess or the utensils sticking around or, you know, your kids projects. It sort of gives you a little place to hide things from the main area. I think it's definitely beneficial. Think about when you're planning the height. Think about the stool height. You know, you're sort of stuck at like 28 inches and like 30 something inches. So make sure you pick a height for that that step up that works with seating. And then also think on the kitchen side, you're going to need something on that backsplash. So if you've got a certain tile in mind, think about, you know, two or three runs of that tile to give you the height that you need or whether you're continuing your granite or whatever your surface is as the backsplash, because those are some things to consider. You've helped me make my decision. So um, I really appreciate it. I love your show too. Thanks, Ann. Good luck with that project, Ann. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, since it is officially spring, I'm hoping that you all have spring fever and not in the sense of like, you know, you're going crazy from I don't know what. Let's make it excitement for the home improvement season, which we all know spring fever should really be about. So give us a call at 888-MONEYPIT. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we will help you get all of your spring home improvement projects done right the first time. 888-666-3974. Still ahead, every year as many as 20 children die in falls from windows and 15,000 are seriously hurt. We'll tell you what you need to know to make sure this doesn't happen to somebody in your family next. On the Money Pit Radio Show. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we would love for you to be part of the fun. So pick up the phone and give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT because we're going to help you out with your home improvement project. But we're also giving away a great prize this hour. And one lucky caller who asked their question on the air could win the Duracell MyGrid USB charger and the MyGrid charger pad. Now, it's a prize that's worth 115 bucks, And it's really cool because the USB charger, it's a portable device that you can use to charge dozens of different gadgets with a USB port from phones to e-readers to iPods and you can recharge it along with any other rechargeable battery powered device by just laying it on the Duracell MyGrid charging pad. That's so awesome. It's like you just take your Blackberry, pop it right on top and it's charging away. So pick up the phone and we would love for you to be that lucky caller. Give us a call at 888 Money Pit. <laughs> 
888-666-3974. Well, Windows Safety Week is coming up, a time of year that's devoted to keeping folks of all ages safe at home, but especially the kids who are vulnerable to one of the most devastating accidents that can happen at home, and that is a fall from an open window. To make sure this doesn't ever happen at your house, here are some safety tips that we gleaned from the experts at Simonton Windows. First up, you want to keep furniture away from windows. This includes cribs. Now, it might seem like a long shot for your toddler to be able to get to a window that's blocked by the bars of a crib, but you would be surprised at how ingenious those little ones are. And most importantly, you need to remember this. They learn new skills every day, making it very, very difficult to stay on top of it. Indeed. And believe me, one day they'll finally realize, oh, if I stand on that stuffed animal, I can actually reach over the top of the crib, hence toddler bed. So just be careful when you're placing your furniture in a room. Also, when you're opening windows in a kid's room, you want to use the top sash of a double hung window. This way, you know, there's no access to the open area. And you want to teach your kids that the window screens that are present are really only there to keep bugs out of the house and that they're not designed to hold the weight of your child or your pet, you know, pushing or leaning against them you know one slight push and that screen can pop out so you got to be really careful you also want to think about window guards um they're great they're easily installable you can do it yourself you can have a pro do it that's going to keep your kids from even getting to the screen and then when you're thinking about you know god forbid the worst happens whatever goes on underneath that window think about soft landscaping like shrubs plants bark and mulch this way should anything happen at least you're sort of cushioning you know the disaster just be careful guys now, if you've got older windows, maybe if they're even painted shut or maybe if they don't work right or they're very inefficient, you might also want to think about replacing those windows. There's never been a better time to do that, and there are so many benefits two new windows today. For example, for added safety, you can get these multi-point lock windows. Those are very cool because they're incredibly secure and the little ones won't be able to open them that easily. Now, for seniors, you can consider easy-to-operate windows that are like crank windows, for example. And if you're worried about burglars, you might want to think about ordering impact-resistant glass. Now, for ease of maintenance and other reasons, vinyl windows are definitely the way to go. Now, if you want more tips on window safety and the latest in window technology, you can get that from our friends at Simonton Windows. Their website is simonton.com. And if you're thinking about purchasing replacement windows, do check out the Money Pit's Guide to Replacement Windows. It's a free download from our book on the homepage right now at moneypit.com. Rich in Pennsylvania, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Hi. Uh, well, I have a problem with condensation underneath my um, metal door going to my basement. I'm in Pennsylvania, so right. we get quite a lot of cold, and uh, it accumulates, and it drips off every time I open it. So you're talking about like a Bilco door? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it gets very wet, and it drips down the staircase and that sort of thing? Yes. Now, the door that you have that that actually is sort of the weather door, the one that's on the basement, not the Bilco, which is sort of the basement stairwell door, but the actual door to the basement, what is that? What kind of door is that? That's made out of air right now. I haven't put oh. one on. And therein lies the problem, sir. And I suspect it as much. I'm thinking you got a really lousy door in that ba- in that basement because what's happening is the warm air from the basement is going up and striking the underside of the cold metal uh, door 
the cold metal Bilco door. And so you're not going to be able to stop this unless you get a proper door in that basement. Those Bilco doors are not made to be to be weatherproof in the sense that they're going to keep any heat that's in that basement out. So that is an enormous energy loss for you right now. So you really need to get that sealed up, get a proper door in there. I mean, look, you can go to a home center. You can buy an inexpensive uh, Thermatrue door, for example, at Lowe's. Put it in that opening, frame it in. And, you know, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. You're really just putting in there something there for, for energy and seal off that basement because you're losing a boatload of heat, as evidenced by that moisture. Every time you see that water drip off, just think about all the heating dollars that it took to yes, create that moisture. Yes. Very good. All right, Rich. Thank you very much. Have That'll a wonderful do it. day. All right. Bye. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Yeah, he's describing this, and I'm thinking, man, he's got a really <laughs> lousy door in that basement. Oh, yeah, I got no door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that explains That'll it. That'll do it. <laughs> but in Illinois, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I've got uh, this house is built probably in uh, 38, something like that. And it has a floored attic, but with uh, blown-in insulation. I think they're about two by sixes or two by eights. But the problem is I'd like to know if I need more insulation up there. And I have one window uh, a regular size window in the gable end. Okay. And over the last 48 years, I have closed that thing up entirely in the winter and then put a screen over it because of a, an exhaust fan. And your winter just wouldn't be right if you didn't close up that vent, bud. Well, it gets kind of cold, yeah. <laughs> well, what I had it was a builder told me to uh, put a louvered window in uh, in okay. there because so of the, the fan can take care of the heat right. and to leave it open. Okay. So I'm just wondering, what I should, should I go ahead and close it up completely in the winter? All right. So the the attic is an unfinished attic. You use it for storage, correct? Right. Right. You have mm-hmm. uh, you have you think you might have two by eight ceiling joists, and they're insulated, but the flooring is above that, correct? Yes. So you do not have enough insulation based on current standards. Current standards would be 19 to 22 inches. Are there spaces in that attic floor that you're not using for storage? No. No, yeah. it's a little Cape Cod house. It's kind All of a right. small well, then you're, you're pretty much going to be giving up uh, the opportunity to put additional insulation in there because you're using every square inch for storage. I was going to tell you, if you didn't have storage all over the place, you could lay unfaced fiberglass bats on top of the floor and oh, have them do okay. the job. But if you have that kind of a storage... Well, maybe sort- I could move everything to one end. Yeah, well, that's what, generally what we, we do recommend is that you carve out a space for storage. Like one specific storage area. Right, and the rest of it, you can lay fiberglass bats on top of the flooring. Okay, and, see and what, you know, how, how, what thickness on that? Well, 19 to 22 inches total, so if you've got eight now, you know, I would try to use at least 10 or 12 inch thick bats and lay them right down end to end right on top of the existing floor. Just lay them down. Lay them down. Now, in terms of your friend builder advice, the guy's actually correct because attics are supposed to be ambient temperature. They're supposed to be the same temperature as the outside. We don't insulate them. We try to let a lot of fresh air blow through them. And in doing so, they cart away moisture in the wintertime, which can affect the insulation. Because if your insulation just gets slightly damp, it becomes very ineffective. In fact, if you add 2% moisture to insulation, it reduces its effectiveness by about a third. So what am I going to do if it blows in uh, rain and that sort well, of thing on top of the If your vent is designed as such where if you don't cover it, it's going to get wet, then that's a problem. Then you do need to cover it, but you just need to make sure you have enough ventilation. I do have roof vents. Okay. And do you have any evidence of condensation on the underside of the roof sheeting? Do you ever see uh-uh. like rusty nail tips or anything like that? No. Uh-uh. Well, if you're not going to need condensation, then you might just have enough 
ventilation with the way it's configured right now. But the guy's technically correct because you don't want to close in vents. Okay. All right. Well, we'll go from there. All right. Good luck with that project. Bud, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Carolyn, Texas, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Hi. I, well, I have a, a heat pump system. Okay. To, to save energy, uh, I've been turning it down at night and up in the morning, probably six or eight degrees. Mm, how's that working out for you? Because I bet you're not saving much energy. Well, that's what I, I just found out. I didn't. Someone had told me something that I shouldn't be doing that, and I don't know why. Yeah, I can explain to you why. A heat pump is really a combination of two systems. It's a heat pump, which is essentially an air conditioner that runs the refrigeration cycle backwards, and an electric furnace, where you just have electric heating coils that come on and the air blows over them. And they work together in the same box. So here's what happens. If the temperature in your house is, let's say, you have it set to 70 degrees. If it falls to 69 the heat pump will come on. They'll try to bring the temperature up to 70. If it falls to 68, the heat pump will stay on. If it falls to 67 or more than a two-degree difference between what you would like it to be and what it is in the house, the heat pump communicates to the electric furnace and says, whoa, I can't keep up with this. Bring on the electric furnace and bring me up the temperature, and then the heat pump will take over again. So if you turn your heat down at night and spring it back up in the morning, obviously you're moving at more than two degrees. You're essentially forcing the heat pump, excuse me, you're essentially forcing the electric furnace to come on all the time, and that costs about twice or more to run than the heat pump. So the way to do this is with a special type of setback thermostat, which mechanically brings it down very slowly and brings it up very slowly so it protects that two-degree separation and never requires the electric furnace to come on. So if you buy a heat pump setback thermostat, specially designed for heat pumps, you can have the convenience of turning your heat down at night and up in the morning without triggering the electric furnace. Follow me? Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. Um, is this a, a, a special kind of thermostat? Is that something? Nope. You put in? It's a it's a very common you know thing that you can buy in areas where a lot of the homes are are heated by heat pumps. You'll even find them in the home centers. Uh, but you just want to make sure you buy one that's rated for a heat pump, not a standard setback thermostat, but one that's set up for a heat pump. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, as you try to cut costs at home, you might be tempted to let some of your home improvement plans go, but. Whatever you do, don't let that home maintenance slide. It's not a smart way to save you money. We'll explain why next. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatrue Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Thermatrue Doors are Energy Star qualified and provide four times the insulation of a wood door. To learn more, visit Thermatrue.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you can head on over to MoneyPit.com right now to get a jump on all your spring projects. We've got home maintenance musts project suggestions, and more. Just search seasons at moneypit.com and you will find your answers right there. Curtin, Ohio has a house that's cracking up. Tell us about it. Yeah, I have this house. I, I bought purchased it uh, about five years ago. The house is about 16 years old. When I purchased the house, I noticed that uh, the second floor had 
cracks in the ceilings around the walls and everything. Right. And just uh, just the other day, I started noticing that they're downstairs as well, uh, and I, I've never saw them before. Uh, so I'm just kind of curious: is this because the house is still settling? Is it because of something else? And how can I stop it and fix it and prevent it from continuing to do so? Well, cracks that have not been attended to are pretty common in a house of that age. Uh, if you don't, if you're not seeing any like foundation cracks or any evidence of real significant movement, I wouldn't think that uh, they're necessarily indicative of a structural problem. Uh, the way to fix a crack to make sure it doesn't come back is to use a perforated drywall tape. There is some tape out there that looks kind of like a gauze. It's sticky backed, and it sits on top of the of the drywall, and then you spackle through it and into the drywall underneath. And we often recommend that type of tape to use for crack repair because it's really strong and it doesn't open up. But the fact that you're getting cracks in the walls and the ceilings at the the corners, that's pretty typical in a 16-year-old house. And if it's never been attended to, that's probably why. Okay. That'll work, then. Well, if you're tightening your belt, you may be thinking about slashing your home maintenance budget, and that could be a huge mistake. That's right. It's never a good idea to slack off on taking care of your biggest investment, and don't be chintzy with it either. Here to explain why is this old house host, Kevin O'Connor, who's a guy that's never been known to be chintzy. Hi, guys. (laughs) So, Kevin, uh, when it comes to just about any project that you know you have to do, even though you may not feel like it, the hardest part is just getting started. Any tips to help us just get going and make it a bit easier? Well, I think you're 100% accurate. I mean, most people want to spend their weekends out on the golf course or biking around with the kids, and the thought of getting back into the house and fixing leaky faucets or scraping paint is not all that exciting for folks. But that being said, you know, you do have to understand that your house is one of the biggest assets you're going to own, so it makes sense to take care of it. And it's also where you spend so much of your time, so you owe it to yourself to make it a comfortable place. And there are a lot of home improvement projects out there, ranging in all different sizes. But so far as I'm concerned, every single one of those is really just a group of smaller projects. (laughs) And if you break it down into the little pieces, it's a lot easier to get started, knowing that you just have to start with a little tiny project and then move on from there. And is it best to sort of prioritize the importance of the project itself, like make a a list that's like, I have to do this, this can wait a couple of weeks, you know, should you tackle it in that sense? Yeah, sure. I mean, a list of must-dos and should-dos and then the kind of I'd like-to-dos is a great way to go about it. And there are things in your house that if you don't address, they're just going to get worse. You know, if you've got plumbing that is leaking, it may not seem like that drip is that big of a deal, but it's dripping somewhere. And next thing you know, a leaky pipe's going to turn into a rotted wall that's going to turn into damaged sheetrock. Well, that's right. I mean, look, your toilet's a perfect example of that. If you've got a very slow drip, drip, drip under that wax seal, pretty soon you're going to be looking at the need to rip out your bathroom floor. Yeah, absolutely. takes a very small project. And possibly the ceiling below. That's that's (laughs) absolutely true. But you're right, Kevin. It all uh, starts with the the first step, and those small projects are the way to get going, because the first one always seems like it's going to be 100 pounds to lift that weight. But once you do that, you build up a bit of momentum. 
No, absolutely. And I think, you know, if you break it down, in my mind, uh, the priorities for me are basic maintenance. If something is broken and it's starting to deteriorate, you go after those first, right? So stop the leak before it gets worse. After that, the things that have the big effects, uh, so far as I'm concerned, are, are curb appeal. You know, you can get outside and get around the house. The things that you see and touch every day, how the house looks, uh, cleaning up paint, scraping off some old chips and stuff like that, that's good. Then move to the bigger projects and then even start thinking about where does your work stop and the work of a professional begin? Because you do have to call those guys in at some point. So, Kevin, when it comes down to the time that you actually have to hire a pro, you know, is it best to sort of lump a group of projects together before you bring that person in? Or should you really just tackle the important stuff and, you know, let whatever happens down the road happen? I think it depends on your relationship with the professional. If you've got a good relationship with someone who's come to your house time and time again and has served you well, then I don't think it's any problem having these things done piecemeal. You know, Joe, will you fix this for me? And just that will have you back in a couple weeks or a couple months to do something else. If you're going out and going to spend your time trying to find just the right person um, and it's going to be a pretty big investment, well, then you probably want to have them there and do several things at once. Because as you guys know really well, getting them to come is not always easy. (laughs) And there's a lot of work and time in the setup and the breakdown of all these things. So make it efficient for them and save yourself a couple bucks. It's also important to find one that doesn't charge you more just because you started it first. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Kevin O'Connor, host of This Old House, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. My pleasure, guys. And for more tips just like that, you can visit thisoldhouse.com. And you can watch Kevin in the entire This Old Old House team on This Old House and Ask This Old House on your local PBS station. And both This Old House as well as Ask This Old House are brought to you by The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Still ahead are stale, smoky odors sticking up your house. Learn how to air out and freshen those tough odors next. You live in a body pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at one eight 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 Money Pit. If you do, you will get a charge out of this prize. <laughs> but um bum. Because one caller we talked to on the air is gonna win a Duracell MyGrid USB charger and the MyGrid charging pad, a prize worth 115 bucks. Let me tell you how this thing works. If you've got oh, I thought any you were kind of port- apologize for that joke. Yeah, I will apologize too. <laughs> if you've got any kind of device, electronic device, cell phone, Blackberry, etc., and you're used to having to plug it in, well, you won't have to do that anymore because this MyGrid charger pad thing is cool. You just drop it right on top of the pad. And it charges through the pad, and you could have multiple devices. So, like in my case, my wife and I are always fighting over the BlackBerry charging cable because oh, we it's had not two. an outlet issue; it's the actual we, no, charger. No, we had two. We had two, and now we only have one. I don't know what the other one is. So <laughs> we had had to share. So now we don't because we're going to get the MyGrid charging pad. It's worth 115 bucks. Going to go to one caller that reaches us with their home improvement question at one eight 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 Money Pit, and it might just be you. So pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. You know, that truly is a great prize. For us, it's an outlet issue. In the kitchen, it's always like, my iPod, Ed's iPhone, my BlackBerry. And we're like, where where do we plug everything in? So this truly would be a game changer for any Money Pit family out there. Well, since it's the spring season, we've decided to share some great new ideas with you guys. And we are kicking off a brand new segment this week on the Money Pit right now that we are calling Fresh Ideas. And it's being presented by our friends over at Citrus Magic. And on tap for today, a question that we occasionally get about a house bought from a smoker or maybe from a former smoker who's decided 
decided to go smoke free but can't deal with what's going on in the house. So the question is, how do you clear the air from years of cigarette smoke that's permeated everything from your furnishings to your rugs to your walls? Well, this is what you need to know. You want to start with the fabrics. First of all, getting the rug steam cleaned is going to help a tremendous amount. It's going to lift up the odors that are down deep in the carpet and in the pad, and that'll help get that out. Now, if you've got upholstery, what you want to do is on your steam cleaner, get that upholstery attachment because that works great on your furniture, and it's going to do the same thing to get that smoke odor that's just sort of sitting down way deep in all of that you know, padding and stuffing and everything that's built into your furnishings. Also, draperies, window treatments, if you can, wash them. If you can't wash them, get them professionally cleaned or laundered, whatever it takes, because that really helps as well. Because the fabrics just absorb that odor and then sort of re-release it every time, you know, there's humidity in the air or it warms up. Now, with your walls, you want to wash down your wall surfaces with a solution of TSP, and that's trisodium phosphate. You can find it in pretty much any home center. It's usually in the painting aisle. And once you've washed down those walls, you want to repaint them. And you want to make sure that you start with a primer because that's going to seal in any of those odors that are left behind. And then lastly, when you're choosing the new top coat of paint, you want to choose a low odor paint or even one of those new line of odor absorbing paints. And if you take those steps, that's really going to make a tremendous difference in your home. Now, another thing that you can do that will impact the entire house is to consider installing an electronic whole house cleaner. These are much more advanced than the simple air filters, and they can keep all kinds of contaminants to a minimum. In fact, the good ones can even filter out virus-sized particles in the air. And that's today's fresh idea presented by Citrus Magic. To keep your home smelling fresh and clean all the time, I highly recommend Citrus Magic's natural odor-absorbing solid air freshener. It's all natural, and it works very well to remove even the toughest odors from your home. It comes in several scents, including citrus, crisp linen, and island spring, which is my favorite. And one solid air freshener can absorb odors for six to eight weeks in a 350-square-foot room. Visit CitrusMagic.com for more info on this and other great all-natural products from Citrus Magic. Now I've got Randy in Wisconsin who's dealing with a wet basement. How can we help you today? Oh, uh, well, I've got a problem with um, water leaking into my basement. And uh, the situation is i got a cinder block uh, basement, and the uh, right where the rain gutter comes down in one corner of the basement, I'm getting water that's just coming in in one little tiny spot. And uh, it's it's always in that same spot. You know, it only seems to happen like if we get like a lot of rain, um, you know, a really fast thaw, something like that. And uh, so what I'm trying to figure out, you know, I know that there's companies out there that, uh, you know, they'll do your whole basement and that costs thousands of dollars. And I'm just looking for a fix that would probably go a foot or two either way out of a corner. Well, the good news is, Randy, you don't need to hire any of those companies that charge you thousands of dollars. It's a very, very simple problem with a very simple solution. As you mentioned, it uh, happens whenever you get a heavy rainfall. It's right near where you have some rainwater running off. So do I understand you have a guttered spout down here as well? Yes. Okay, so what you need to do is this. 
First of all, take a look at the grading, which is the angle of the soil in that area. Make sure that you add enough clean fill dirt to slope it away so that you have a drop of about six inches over four feet because you want to create proper runoff. Secondly, and this is the most important thing, you need to make sure that all of your gutters are perfectly clean and free-flowing, that you take that downspout and you extend it out about four feet from the corner. If you do those two things, you will keep that soil around the house dry, and you will stop the leak 100% from happening again. All right. All right, very well, that simple. Sounds, that sounds good. I'll try that. All right, Randy. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. And yet we saved one more homeowner from wasting money on basement waterproofing systems. But it seems so easy to just give your money away. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> You just want to give your money away. You want to give your money away, <laughs> give it to a good cause. Give it to the Boy Scouts or the Girl Scouts. Don't give it to the waterproofers because you don't need to. Coming up, are unwanted visitors making themselves at home in your home? Well, you might think a few squirrels in your attic are harmless, but they've got the potential to do some pretty serious damage to your house. We're going to tell you how to get rid of them next. Hey, 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 Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we love the fact that we get a lot of questions from listeners who want us to repeat what we are talking about. It means that you're actually listening. Well, maybe only with a half an ear. But you're really listening to us. (laughs) And you want to know the answers, the tips, the advice, the product recommendations. Well, if you didn't get a chance to write it down or you missed it or you were only half listening, there's actually a super easy way to get your answer answers to whatever you are looking for. Just search on our website, our show archives over at moneypit.com. Click on the thing that says show archives. It's all right there. It's for your reference and it's all free at moneypit.com. I mean, you can even search by topic. So just type in whatever you might be looking for and it's going to pop right up and you'll get the answer that you're looking for. And while you are on the website, We've got a fantastic new community section, and everybody's really having a great time posting their questions, their projects, and you can do the same. And we've got a post here from NJ. I was going to say New Jersey, but I'm assuming this is just their initials. So the post from MJ, NJ, who writes, how do you get rid of squirrels in the attic? You let them out. <laughs> Open the window and let them out. Sometimes the same way you let them in. A couple of things you can do, MJ. First of all, um, you want to figure out how they got in there, and obviously... Uh, repair, seal in. If there's a hole, you can cover it with like something like chicken wire. You want to block whatever uh, entrance they may have carved out for themselves. Secondly, the probably the best way to get rid of any type of a rodent like that in the attic is with something called a have a heart trap. It's a trap that, uh, it's a live trap, so it doesn't hurt them. And the way to use the have a heart is to wire your bait into it so that those very sneaky squirrels can't extract it without triggering the uh, paddle that drops the door on them. Typically, what I will do is take like an apple or a pear or sometimes even a tomato or something like that, some fruit or vegetable, and I will wire it like with a stiff piece of wire to the back of the trap. So they have to go in the front, they have to go all the way to the back, and they can't grab it because you kind of threaded the wire through it. And then once you catch these guys, then of course you can take them down, take them out to the woods somewhere, and let them go. And believe me, if you point that door away from you, lift it up, they're going to go, shoot right out there and just take off like a bat out of you know where. Because they've had some time to plot against you at that point. They're very happy to get away from you. And uh, that's how we've done it in the past. It's worked very well. 
All right. Next up, we've got a post from Charles in Brooklyn who writes, My wood parquet floor in our dining room is about 10 years old. One area is bubbling up. I think it's from a leak I had in my radiator. The leak is fixed. How can I save this section of the floor or do I have to replace the floor? Now, with parquet, that's where it's sort of like four short boards, you know, making up a square and then put in in different directions. So you sort of get this fun little pattern, correct? Yeah, it's almost like a mosaic exactly. with wood. Are those done as like an individual tile to make up each area? Like, can you pop up a piece? You know, the way they make the parquet is all of those little pieces are assembled usually into like a 12 by 12 mm-hmm. or 8 by 8 sort of tile. And there's a lot of little pieces to it. And typically, they're glued on top of a like a net-like mat. Right. And it's very difficult to repair this. i got to tell you, Charles, because what happens is once the water gets into that wood, it swells. It causes it to detach from the mat below. Sometimes it swells and causes the other pieces to push up. So really what you have to do is remove the damaged piece of parquet and then try to find something that's close and rebuild it. Now, if you can't find something, keep in mind that you could always go deep into a closet and and extract some flooring from an unseen area and use that as your patch material. But it's very, very difficult to repair this in place. Unless you can sand it down, fill it, you know, get it to lay flat, re-glue mm-hmm. the pieces. But it's really, really difficult because there's so many pieces involved. Mm-hmm. All right, Charles, really get into your one closet in the borough of Manhattan and Brooklyn. You know, look in your one closet, look at your Because you floor. know you only have one. <laughs> <laughs> Take a piece of your flooring and repair it. It's really not a difficult project if you can find the piece to work with. So good luck with that. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. You now have our permission to pick up the tools, go outside, and get to work on your house. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.